You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderlin, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. We're in a series that we're calling Spiritual Tune-Up, just in the back end. Hopefully it's truly the back end with COVID. There will always be diseases and sickness and pandemics and all kinds of stuff that goes through the world, but hopefully in the middle of this, it seems to be that God's given us a reprieve that that God's using these passages that we're looking at just to kind of spiritually get us back on track. And uh, we're one person, so when we struggle physically or, you know, mentally or emotionally, we're we're all there. Spiritually, we get into funk, all of that. And I think we've had our our share of it uh, this past couple of years. And so uh, what what this really series is about is a spiritual tune-up, but it's also kind of a, an overview of the spiritual Christian life, what it means to live life as a Christian. And so as we've been walking through the book of John, that really is the picture of our salvation. Go ahead and show the, the circle graphics, if you would, uh, on the screen. So, you know, as we've been on the left-hand side of that, the Gospel of John is all about what it means to believe in Jesus, to surrender our life to Him, to commit to Him. And that's a one-time thing that we do in our life. But that starts, that's the beginning of the pathway. We've all played board games, you know, you go left or you go right. And that kind of starts us on this pathway as we surrender our life to Christ. And then a couple of weeks ago, we talked about what it means to then trust God daily after that. When you trust Jesus to save you from your sins, you don't say, okay, now I don't trust God anymore. With something that God wants that to be the beginning point that we then trust Him every day for the little things, the big things. And last week, we talked about what it means to live in the Spirit, what it means to follow Him and to, to obey Him and to live our life walking in the Spirit. And now we're coming and dealing with the sin and the, we talked about the two wars inside of us and the, the fighting the God is changing our lives. We lean into that. And so as a follower of Jesus, we want to trust Him. We want to live our life walking with Him, walking in the Spirit. And this morning we're going to talk about what it means to seek or to prioritize God's kingdom in our life. As, as we trust Him in our life and as we are following Him, He leads us to where we live our life with His kingdom as our priority. Not our kingdom, not what we want done. Jesus said, you know, taught us to pray, Lord, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. That our desire that he puts in us and that more and more he wants us to live that out. And we'll talk next week about what it means as we pursue his kingdom. Ultimately, everything we do is as a result of loving God and loving people. And then on Easter, we'll talk about what it means to just continue that, to run the race that is set before us with an endurance. That's the hard part. That's the tough. So the Christian life is really not complicated and the Bible's very repetitive, that we'll talk about the same concepts in different ways, but in a snapshot, this is what God wants us to do as we follow Jesus. He wants us to surrender our life to Him, to trust, and after we do that, to trust Him and to walk with Him and put His agenda at the first. Not our agenda, not what we want, but to prioritize Him, to love Him and love people, and do that, run that race. Run with an endurance through all the challenges, the ups and the downs, and all the difficulties and twists and turns, but to live our life running that endurance. So take your Bible, if you would, and look with me the the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to talk about what it means to prioritize God's kingdom in your life. We, You don't have to live terribly long. Most people figure out fairly quickly that you have to figure out some life's priorities. You know, especially you have to do it financially. 
If you go out and splurge on this today, then that means you can't buy this tomorrow. Like we, we are forced to make priorities in life and to make choices and to make some of those difficult decisions of what's really important into our life, where we spend our time, where we invest our money, where we, relationships we invest in and all of that. And so Jesus tells us this morning that we need to prioritize our life around God's agenda, God's kingdom. So this is a a well-known verse, but I'm going to pick the context up with it in verse 25 of, of Matthew 6. So read with me. The Bible says this, therefore, Jesus is talking. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? As painful as it is, Jesus is telling us is that allowing anxiety to continue in our own heart is absolutely fruitless and worthless. It accomplishes absolutely nothing. We can't do anything of any significance out of that. So instead he tells us, he says, uh, and why, in verse 28, are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And here's the real issue. Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, in other words, the People that don't know me, the people that are not following me, that's that's what they say. They say, what shall we wear? He says, the Gentiles seek after all these things, in verse 32, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He loves you. He's shown that he provides far better than that for things that are not nearly as important to you. So why would you worry and seek that? He's challenging us. And instead, he tells us to do this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I want you to notice three things this morning about God's kingdom. And the first thing I want you to notice that I want you to talk about is notice that the Bible tells us that we are to pursue his kingdom. I want to talk about God versus God's kingdom, if you will. Notice that that Jesus didn't say, seek God first, and all this will be added to you. He said, seek God, the kingdom of God. Seek God's kingdom. You know, the Bible in other places tells us to seek God. Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And Jesus could have said that, but there is a difference between seeking God and seeking God's kingdom. And God is making it very clear that in our life, we should be seeking his agenda, his game plan, what benefits his kingdom rule in this world. You see, God's kingdom is where God is king. It's where God is in charge. And 
We are to seek his kingdom when we seek what is ever is good and a benefit and a blessing to him. This is why this is really subtle, but really important. So often as Christians, we seek God as a way of actually seeking our own kingdom. God, I have a need. Please meet this. God, I, I want. God, I'm coming to you. This is a big thing. We got to take care of this, God. You see, that's what, that's what the idol worshipers did. They weren't fully pure in their heart. It's not just that they were worshiping idols and just worshiping things that weren't true, but they were actually trying to manipulate them, trying to get out of their, you know, their, their false gods, their idols, what they could in life. They weren't altruistic, if you will. They were not just purely trying to worship something that was bigger than them. Think of them more, they treated God, their gods more like a genie. You know, you could rub the lamp and you could force the genie to give you what you want. And what God is telling us is God is not like that. We don't seek him, even as Christians, because so that we can get what we want in this life. Instead, we're actually to seek his kingdom. We're to seek what he thinks is good. We're to seek what is his rule in life. Jesus told us to pray. He said, pray, thy kingdom come, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the, the focus of our heart is to put God's prior, uh, is God's agenda above everything that we would have in our life. The Bible is just so subtly, so specific and clear. And so often, even as, after we know our Lord Jesus and we surrender our life to Him, we battle those old habits and those old things that we talked so much about last week. And one of those things that still creeps in is that we can treat God like that magic genie, and we can almost kind of manipulate God and think, well, God, if I'm doing all these things, you ought to deliver over here. And God, why why is this not working? You're not delivering. And what part of what God's telling us, besides just trusting Him, is saying, yeah, I don't work like that. I'm not a glorified vending machine that you just put your little coin in, your little token in, and get out the prize that you want. That's that's not the way this thing works. When you surrendered your life to me, you were committing yourself to be on my team. You were committing yourself to follow me. You were committing yourself that I am your Lord, I am your God, and I'm not going to be manipulated by you. So part of living the Christian life is for you and for me, not only trusting God to provide our needs, and not only is it walking with him, but it's recognizing that, that you and I all have agendas that we would see, our preferred future, things that we want to get done, things that we want to see happen, call them dreams. A lot of these things are good, but all of that must be surrendered to put under the authority of God. That's the first big thing that we need to recognize. Second thing, I want us to notice the two kingdoms. There are two kingdom options, if you will. Let's get the context of this a little bit. Back up to verse 19. It's easy to just think about verse 33 and, and Matthew, and I'm as guilty of it as so many other people. You just read that. and But it's really there's a context that he's talking to us here. And look in verse 19, and, and there's a bigger context for sure, but we don't have time for all of that. So let's look at verse 19 and pick it up there. The Bible says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Don't do that. Don't make your treasures what's valuable and important to you. 
what's down here. Things that you can touch, that you can own, and that, that are, that are here, where they fall apart. Other people steal them. They break down. And you get robbed of them. But instead, in verse 20, he says, lay up for yourselves treasures that are in heaven, that are eternal, that are secure, that are different than everything else here. He says, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. No inflation in heaven, no eroding away of whatever the value of your, you know, your stocks and your bonds and their, what the rewards in heaven, they never go down in value, they only ever go up in value, and they last forever. And he challenges us as Christians to live our life on this earth with an eternal view. Do not be so focused here that you miss what is there. And the things that matter to us should be there. He goes on and says this. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we think about the heart, we tend to think about, you know, I love you with all of my heart. And we kind of think of it as a passion or an emotion of love, and we associate love with heart. When the Bible talks about heart, it means that, but a lot more. It means it means your values, it means your attitudes, it's your, your thinking, your will, your emotions, it's everything. In other words, he says, don't be preoccupied and fixated on the things that you can gain in this earth. Stuff you put in your garage, the things that you put in your bedroom, what ends up in your retirement, your bank account, the, any of the things that we think are significant, the titles that you can put on your name, the, the letters that can go after your name because of your education or whatever that you might have. Don't make that your world. Those things have a way of eroding and falling apart and slipping through your fingers because your heart is going to be wherever your treasures are. That's one kingdom. It's our kingdom, a kingdom of our own making. Every king always wants, always needs the resources and the splendor of, of his or her kingdom. And what God's telling us is, is that we need to be careful because we are hardwired. Just like we talked about the war that everybody has that, that inside of them to do wrong and God saves us. There's now a war. He doesn't remove that, that temptation, that desire, that reality, but he puts a new Inclination in our heart is spirit to follow and there's a war in there. But every one of us are bent. We are hardwired to make our kingdom in this world. We are hardwired to accumulate. We're, we're called consumers for a reason, to consume and to take these things in and to put our stock and our value and our treasures on whatever this world might have to happen. And we all have done that and do that. And Jesus is trying to lift us out of that world and warn us, he says, because look, at the end of the day, whatever you value and whatever your treasure is, that's where the very soul and core of your being is going to be. If you value your beauty above all, that's where your core of your being is going to be. If you value your reputation above all, that's where your heart and the core of your being is going to be. And as you go through life, as those things get eroded away, your abilities, the things you've accumulated, your heart 
is going to be torn to pieces because what you valued will just completely fall apart. Instead, and he tells us in just plainly in verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters, for he will either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You can't. This is not an issue of trying to serve money less. It's the issue of trying to put a zero valuation on the things that this world has to offer. You see, you can't serve God part way. You either serve him all the way or not at all. Those circles that I had on the screen earlier, all of those, what they have in common is, is it's either a, a yes or a no. Those, by the way, are a great lights on the dashboard with the idea of a spiritual tune-up. You know, your car, when the lights go off, like, oh, i got to take it in. I have no idea what what code this is, what's wrong, what's going on, that kind of thing. Each one of these is a yes or no. You've either surrendered your life to Jesus and are saved or are born again or a child of his, or you're not. You're either trusting God today or you're not. You're either living and walking in the Spirit today or you're not. You're either pursuing the kingdom of God in this new initiative or whatever it is that you're doing, pursuing what pleases God, pursuing what benefits God, pursuing what brings God's authority, if you will, and reflects His authority as King in this world and you as a subject of His. You're either doing that or you're not. You're either loving God or you're not. There's no halfway in any of this. You know, what good is a bridge across the Hudson that only goes halfway? It's called a dead end, and it's worth absolutely nothing at that point. So this is either an all of the way or none of the way kind of thing. It is a, it's a, a complete, a complete surrendering of our life to Jesus constantly in our life. So there are these two kingdoms. And Jesus is challenging us to make sure as we live our life that we are prioritizing God's kingdom because the other kingdom will only ever get us anything on this earth and it will be completely temporary and it will be ruined while we're on this earth and we'll see that happen. And when we see that, That's where all the anxiousness and the grieving and heartache comes from. We put our hearts, when we put our hearts on the things that this world has to offer, and make no mistake, those things will fall apart. And when they do, guess what happens to our heart? Guess what happens to us? We come unglued and we come a wreck and the issue isn't just that how do I get my emotions under control the issue is is wow I should not have allowed that to be so important to me in my life to begin with so Jesus is warning us but he's calling us to live for life for a purpose something that's much bigger much more significant and to avoid the lesser kingdom that we're all born into and pursuing in this world. Now, I'm going to share with you in a minute the things that Jesus talks about here. It's not that they're not important, but they should not be our focus. So let me go to that third that third thing that I want to talk to you about. How do we pursue God's kingdom? Jesus so clearly is making 
just obvious. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he puts inside of your heart a desire to pursue his kingdom, and he's warning us to do that, and he's telling us why it's kind of foolish not to do that. In fact, he spent the whole time, why are you going to worry about what you're wearing or what you're going to eat? You know, my goodness. God already knows you need it, so trust him. And by the way, God is taking care of all of the things in the world around us. It's amazing. It's amazing how often we think as people we've got to help all the animals out, you know, like they can't make their way in this world. We've got to feed everything under the sun. And uh, and God's like, yeah, I got them. Look at the beautiful flowers. They look even more beautiful than the most incredible bride on her wedding, on her wedding day. And I take care of them. And every one of you is more important to me than any flower far more important to me than any squirrel, than any deer, or any sparrow. And I feed them, and I take care of them. I'm going to take care of you. So trust me in that. So how do we how do we pursue and seek his kingdom first? How do we do that? It's something, the thing that is obvious, but you don't do it accidentally. You, you don't do it by chance. You don't just... You don't do it by just sitting on the couch and just kind of osmosis coming to you, you know, just kind of figuring that out. You don't accidentally seek God's kingdom. You only seek something when it is intentional, when it is a priority, it is a focus of yours. When a, a person will remain nameless in my house, wasn't me, but I've done this many, many times, uh, various things are like, Where's my credit card? I've lost my credit card. And went all through, just where is it? And everywhere, you know, right at the point like you're about to call the company, you know, like I've lost my credit card. And then when it was found, kind of where it was supposed to be. I'm usually the one that does that, you know. I think my wife is biologically disposed to find the stuff that I'm biologically disposed to not know where it is. It just, it works that way. She's the finder and I'm the loser. And and you don't accidentally find stuff. You You're on a mission. There's nothing. There's no deterring. Going through the house, where is this? Because it's a big deal. You know, what? what is this? What's going on? And the Bible's telling us it's the same way. We are to be preoccupied with God's kingdom. I must confess to you, when I get up every day, I'm not preoccupied with God's kingdom. I'm not. I, I should be. And this is a bit of a challenge to me as well because I've tried to cultivate my heart as a pastor and as a father and as a husband. I need to pursue Jesus and love Jesus and pursue God. But God's putting a little bit of a spin on that for us. And he says, yeah, you need to pursue me in a relationship with me. And that's all true. But in the middle of all of it, it's everything in our agenda and our to-do list of that day needs to come and fall under God's kingdom. Sean, i got to go to work. And my boss has a to-do list for me a mile long. I get that. Congratulations. You being a faithful employee is a part of God's kingdom in your life. God wants you to be a good employee. So some of this stuff is automatic. But the challenge comes is, is do you really see your job as a part of pursuing God's kingdom? Do you see your workplace as an expression of you as a subject of God's kingdom, living as a faithful subject and representing God in this world, even as you do your job in things that are not spiritual. You see, everything in our life is to be a reflection that our Lord 
is, is Lord of our life. And we go out into the day serving at his pleasure and we get our marching orders for him. We're just all a bunch of privates here. No sergeants, no lieutenants, no generals. We're just, we salute to our, to our Lord who tells us what to do and we pursue him. What are your orders, sir? What do I have? What do you have for me today? And he wants us to pursue that, to make that our, our focus. None of those things, by the way, you don't trust God accidentally. You don't walk in the spirit accidentally. You don't pursue God's kingdom. There should be a fixation, maybe in a healthy way, an obsession, maybe a preoccupation is a better word, but we ought to be focused on his kingdom. And an expression of that, the first thing that that really begins with is our salvation. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And some of you have been wondering, I'm going to get there. There's an and in there, Sean. There is. And his righteousness. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. All the stuff that we need will be taken care of. Seeking God's kingdom first means seeking God's righteousness in our life. That really comes at salvation. We trust Jesus. We surrender our life to him. When we stop seeking our own righteousness, we're to actually seek God's righteousness in our life. We're to seek his forgiveness. We're to seek his goodness in our life. Even as Christians, we kind of miss this and we still make it very centered on what we do and where we've messed up or not messed up. And yeah, make no mistake, we need to take responsibility in all of that. And I will be the first to admit that, and, to, and we talk about that. But even in the middle of all of that, it's God's righteousness, His goodness, His being just that is filtering into our soul. And that's what we pursue. It's not us trying to pursue better and come up with our own goodness. Folks, we got nothing at the end of the day. Paul the Apostle said, inside of me dwells no, lives no good thing. Paul said, I've looked, I've checked every closet, I've opened every door, I've opened every cabinet in my heart, I've looked in every little corner, I have found nothing that's good. It's of me. So any of the righteousness, any of the goodness that you see, by the way, whether it's in your life or somebody else's life, God's the one that gets the credit for it. And we pursue, we're to pursue that. It's not about us. And so pursuing God's kingdom is pursuing God's righteousness in our life. It's us turning to him. And this is where all of those circles that were on the screen earlier, I love it because they all overlap. They're, these are not five or six separate things. They're all linked and kind of a, a little bit of different nuance of some very similar things. But this is pursuing God's kingdom in, in our life is us yielding our life to him and his righteousness being in our world and it's pursuing his authority and his kingdom in the lives of other people around us. What that means in essence is, is you and me caring about the souls of men, women, and children around us and around the world. Because God wants to be their king. We're all born into rebellion in this world. We're all born into anarchy, if you will, separated from God. And as we've talked through the Gospel of John and these different things, God comes to us and he subdues our soul and he, we see our sin and we repent of it and he brings us to that place and we trust him, he draws us to him. And God wants that to happen in other people's lives. So Matthew, the, the, the guy who's writing this, Matthew 6, who's reporting us what Jesus said, tells us at the end of his story in Matthew 28 what Jesus also said. And he said, 
go make disciples of all nations or all peoples, baptizing them. You make them a disciple. They, a person becomes a disciple of Jesus when they surrender their life to Jesus. They go from not being a follower of Jesus to being a follower. They go from not being a disciple to being a disciple. They're made a disciple. They go from being lost to saved. They go from darkness to light. They go from living outside of God's kingdom to being a subject of God's kingdom when they surrender their life to Jesus. So he says, go and make disciples. And when they become a disciple, baptize them and then teach them. Then the rest of their life, teach, help them to do and observe everything that I've commanded in Scripture. So for you and for me, it means every day of our life that we ought to be preoccupied with people becoming disciples of Jesus, being saved, having a relationship with him, and being taught what it means to follow Jesus. That ought to be a preoccupation for us as a church. That ought to be a preoccupation for our lives. Mom and dad, that ought to be a preoccupation for your own kids. Just as we're so in tune when our kids, you know, how are they feeling today and what's going on physically in every way and how you're at school, we should be fixated and focused on where they are spiritually. How are you doing? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Are you growing in that? We should be so attuned and so preoccupied with that. In everybody's world, when we're, when we're at work and all of the things around us, that should be a priority. How we spend our money. When we do our Discover class, and as though most of you have been through that, we talk about that, is that we look to invest our, our time and our, our talent and our treasure that, that for the sake of the gospel, that we invest who we are, the, the hours that we have, that we invest our abilities that God has given us and our spiritual gifts, and we invest financially with that so that people might hear the gospel. That's why we give, I don't remember, was it 14% away or whatever that, that we all give every week, just goes out the door around the world, care portal. We want, why we invest financially there to help people we meet their physical needs, but so that we can also begin to help them to understand the gospel and who Jesus is. We want God's kingdom to spread and to go all over the world. That should be our preoccupation. Another, a third thing that it means for us is not only does it mean we need to be saved, we need God's righteousness in our life. It means that God's righteousness in the lives of other people and his kingdom being established in their life should be our focus. But it means the way that we live our life, that, that we're living in obedience and in his righteousness in a way that we're accruing those rewards in heaven. And I don't know what all that's going to look like and how that works out. I don't have a clue. But I do know this much. God's retirement plan is far better than anything you've got. Far better than anything your employer could ever offer you. And it's far better than Medicare could ever be. It's eternal, untouchable, and phenomenal. And if you're looking at where to invest for your future, it should be there and not here. And you living your life today in faith, trusting Him, yielding your life to Him, obeying Him, resisting temptations and the junk, and, and loving not only God but other people around you, you just are accruing interest upon interest upon interest in heaven because you're valuing those things and you're 
putting your back on the things that this world has to offer. And when we do that, our relationships to the things of this world changes. And this is the fourth or fifth thing, whatever I am, and I'm almost done. But what it means to seek God at his kingdom first, it means we trust him to provide what we need. You see, what Jesus said here was not that these things weren't important, our clothes that we wear, the food we eat and being taken care of. He didn't say, what's wrong with you? Those things are worthless. They're not important. Of course they're important. Jesus didn't say they weren't important. But what he said was is this. If that's where your priority is, your sights are too low. Because God already knows what you need. He's already going to give it to you. And you've put your value and stock in something here that's going to going to fall apart. So trust Him to take care of whatever you need in this life. Trust Him to take care of your kids. Trust Him to take care of, of where you are. He will absolutely come through and never fail you with what you need. And instead, put your focus on what benefits His kingdom. Because as King, He always takes care of His subjects. He always takes care of His children. None of you as parents would ever let your kids go hungry, go naked, and not be taken care of. You would move heaven and earth to take care of what your kid absolutely needs. And if you did, if you do that, how much more is God going to do that for you? And He has all of the resources in the world. He owns all the banks. He owns all the businesses. He owns all the people. He owns, He owns everything. So it's not a resource lack issue for God. He's going to absolutely take care of you and he will. And he doesn't promise to give us all that we want. We know that. Because there's some things that you want that God says, yeah, that's not a need. But if we're all really honest and look at scripture in our own lives, God gives us a lot of our wants too, doesn't he? And he blesses us. And it's okay. But he doesn't promise us uh, he doesn't give us a blank check there. And so this morning, as you think about your life, are you prioritizing God's kingdom today? Is that what you're fixated about? Is that what you're preoccupied with? Or have you, as we've gone through COVID and gone through these things of the year, maybe the, the stuff in your world that you're just, you're thinking all about your Priorities and kingdom, about what you've got to do, what you need to get done to take care of things. It's so easy to slip into that. I battled that in my world. When I, you guys know the property that I have, the house and all that, there's just, it's an old property. It's never ending. And I realized that the big garage that I own is, is a pole barn construction. And when they made the post for the building, just, it's pressure treated wood right into the ground. And they're just completely rotting away. So I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> God, could you give me a big tractor that I could just like dig this out? Because I really wanna, don't want to dig all those things by hand and all of that. And if I'm not careful, I begin to worry over that. I begin to make, oh, i got to take care of all this and make it all about that. And what God says is, no, you focus on my kingdom. I'll take care of what you need with that stuff. Whatever that looks like, focus on my kingdom. He didn't say it's not important. He just says he'll take care of it. Your world, what does that look like? Maybe you've been fixated on things you want to do, you want to accomplish your bucket list, other things. I don't know. 
Those things are not necessarily bad. But have you allowed them to come first place of your time and preoccupation of your life? Have you chosen those things over people? Because as a citizen of God's kingdom, people are more important than things all day long. And he tells us to invest all that we've got into the lives of people. 